mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today from Wall Street Bets on Reddit to day trading how-to videos on YouTube, why young adults in particular are willing and sometimes eager to take advice from so-called financial influencers online and the dangers of doing so. Also this morning, it's trendy among consumers and companies are capitalizing on that. But what does it really mean to be eco-conscious in 2022? And does it really make a difference? And because there's no better way to improve the value and functionality of your home, we have the scoop on the latest trends from this year's kitchen and bath industry show, which wraps up today in Orlando, Florida. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, February 10th, 2022. It is National Cream Cheese Brownie Day. National Cream Cheese Brownie Day. All right. Uh, National Flannel Day, which actually uh, today is not the best day for uh, Flannel Day. It's relatively mild and uh, going to be one of those uh, more milder days of uh, midwinter. The temperatures above freezing and all of that, which, by the way, uh, have you noticed this? I did notice this as I was actually when I got to the uh, studios here this morning and uh, I, I'm you know walking schlepping from my vehicle to the uh, front door and uh, of the uh, studios here. And I was looking around. I can actually see bare ground. And I, I thought, you know, last week, a week ago, a week ago today, based on all of the snow that we were getting. And uh, the four-foot drifts in my driveway and, and everything, everything else, I was thinking, we're not going to see bare ground until spring. And yet, here we are a week later, and uh, much, of it is, much of it is gone, um, just because of the uh, milder temperatures. But nonetheless, it is National Flannel Day today, National Home Warranty Day. It is Teddy Day which I looked it up, and uh, it, it is referring, apparently, to the teddy bear, not to the lingerie. But this close to Valentine's Day, you can go either way. And it is uh, National Umbrella Day, which is another thing that you probably won't need today, I don't think, right? Uh, not really expecting any rain. Clouds, but uh, not expecting any rain, so anyway. But those are the uh, reasons to celebrate. Moving on to the first things you need to know this morning, the most buzzworthy news headlines of the day. We mentioned yesterday that NBC is struggling in its Olympics coverage with uh, declining audiences. The audiences for the television audiences for the first uh, four days of the games are about half what they were for the last Winter Olympics. And there are a number of reasons for that. But uh, NBC also taking some heat for their coverage of Michaela Schifrin. Uh, you remember a couple of days ago, she, well, she has crashed out um, of the first two events that she was entered in. She uh, actually fell in the giant slalom, and then she missed the first gate in the, the first or second gate in the uh, slalom event. And uh, she was eliminated, like, in 11 seconds, she was DQ'd in the first event, and she only lasted five seconds before being disqualified in the uh, in the second. And then after her elimination in the slalom a couple of nights ago, the cameras focused on Michaela Schifrin 
sitting on the side of the course with her head uh, in her arms and just devastated. And she was sitting there for like 20 minutes and they didn't they didn't show it constantly, but they kept coming back to it saying, oh, she's still there and she's still devastated and so on and so forth. And a lot of folks, uh, especially on social media, took to their uh, social media accounts to chastise NBC for focusing so much on uh, Michaela Shifton, uh, Schifrin and, and uh, her devastation after uh, having crashed out, especially because she was one of those athletes that they had really built up uh, and hyped up in the run-up to the Olympics. Uh, she was one of those that uh, so an enormous amount of pressure on this young lady. And now the uh, Peacock Network is defending its coverage of uh, Michaela Schifrin and uh, other athletes. Uh, the network, uh, after she got down from the from the hill, they had an interview and she was very emotional and it was uh, it was really uh, heart wrenching, gut wrenching uh, interview. And uh, NBC is rejecting criticism that they were being cruel. Molly Solomon, the executive producer of the network's Olympics coverage, telling the Associated Press, quote, we have an obligation in that moment as the broadcaster of the Olympic Games to cover the moment. We're watching real people with real emotions in real time, and we did everything we were supposed to do, unquote. I'm not sure that I would use the word obligation, but uh, I I would have to kind of side with NBC here. Uh, I understand it's very emotional, a lot of pressure on these young ladies. And of course, certainly in recent years, there has been a lot of attention paid to, you know, whether these athletes are getting the mental health support uh, that they need amid all of this pressure. And uh, there was uh, Simone Biles at the uh, Summer Olympic Games and um, and uh, Naomi Osaka, yeah, the uh, tennis player. Uh, that has uh, been very vocal about her struggles uh, with, uh, you know, mental health issues and anxiety and, you know, depression and all of that. Um, but again, these are athletes on the biggest stage and that kind of goes with the territory, you know, rightly or wrongly, that's part of what it is. And um, NBC points out that uh, there is also a bit of sexism involved in the criticism of how the Michaela Schifrin story has been covered because they point out if uh, Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford sit on the sidelines 22 minutes after the Super Bowl on Sunday because one of them is going to lose and it's going to be a very emotional moment you can bet that the cameras are going to pick up on that and they're going to show pictures and they're going to be talking about that and nobody would bat an eye at that, because she is a young lady, um, there is a, a a double a bit of a double standard in the uh, coverage of uh, of women's sports in particular. So, anyway, a lot of different layers of that story. But I thought it was kind of interesting again that uh, NBC getting a lot of heat for the way they've been covering the Michaela Schifrin story in the Olympics thus far. By the way, she's not done. She's got uh, I think what three or four more events. That uh, she can participate in remains to be seen whether she will or what will happen. But there is going to be even more coverage of McKay, more attention paid to her as she competes in these next 
uh, events. So here's hoping that she can rebound and she'll be okay. But certainly NBC. And and you're also, here's the other thing with the, uh, you know, with NBC uh, on, on this particular story. And something to consider that if they didn't say anything about it, let's say they handled this totally differently. And uh, she crashed out, she was eliminated, and they make no more mention of her and give her her quote-unquote privacy. Then wouldn't they also be criticized for, like, chewing her up and spitting her out? You hype her up, and the moment she slips up and gets eliminated, you don't talk about her anymore. You just throw her, throw her aside, cast her aside like it never, like she never even happened. Wouldn't that also be insensitive? Or certainly there would be some accusations to that effect. So, you know, you can't win uh, if you're NBC in that situation. Anyway, uh, Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday. And yes, your Super Bowl party will be a little bit more expensive this year. Study by Wells Fargo estimates that the price of your Super Bowl party could be up to 14% higher this year versus last. They looked at the cost of various party items. From chips to dip to chicken wings, the items with the biggest uptick, and we were talking about this the other day, chicken wings are actually much more expensive than they were last year this time. The items with the biggest uptick in cost uh, are the chicken wings, 26% more expensive than last year. Steaks, <laughs> you serving steaks to everybody at your uh, Super Bowl party? If you are, those are 23% more expensive. Hamburgers, 17% more expensive. The good news is that chips and avocados for your dip are only about 1% more expensive than they were last year. Uh, Carrots and celery are about the same price as they were in 2021. So if you want to put out some healthy snacks, (laughs) then it's then you're not going to be hit quite as hard at all. Although your guests will probably say, what's up with the carrot sticks and celery? Uh, soda pop, two liter bottles of pop running about uh, 12% higher. The cost of beer up 4% and the cost of wine is up 3%. So (laughs) put out carrots and celery sticks and wine. And, uh, that's the uh, most cost efficient, uh, way of snacking on Super Bowl Sunday, I guess. Uh, A couple of other uh, interesting and uh, buzzworthy stories, uh, to uh, get your Thursday morning started here. Have you ever had someone spill a secret of yours that you had entrusted to them and you wonder why? Well, researchers at Arizona State University and Columbia University, joint research here, finds that the divulging of a secret has a direct correlation to a person's morals. That's probably not surprising. But when someone learns another person's secret that breaks their own moral code then the person who was confided in seems to be more willing to divulge that secret as if to punish the secret holder. Researchers say their discovery is that it's not just that people don't keep secrets, but they may be inclined to actively reveal the secret to see us punished when they think the secret behavior is immoral. So that's a long way of going to say, be careful who you share your secret with. Data also showed that people revealed other people's secrets 30% of the time on average. 30% of the time. 
Conversely, I saw this on the uh, Newswire, and this may give you some hope for humanity here. The average American, according to new research, does about 25,000 thoughtful acts in their lifetime. Survey of 2,000 respondents shows that people perform about six meaningful gestures for others a week, or 312 over the course of the year. Eight in ten also try to pay it forward when someone does something nice or thoughtful for them. 58% have reciprocated an introduction they received to a friend or a date. And another 52% have returned uh, returned the favor to a classmate who helped them study in school, for example. So, uh, 25,000 thoughtful acts in their lifetime is what most of us do. Now you know. Interesting stuff. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning, or (laughs) Friday, your Thursday morning started. It's not quite Friday yet. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, mostly cloudy today with a high of 32. Cloudy and windy tonight, low of 25. A man from Akron is in hot water after calling in two swatting calls to police in the wrong Ottawa. Captain Brad Brubaker with the Putnam County Sheriff's Office says the man thought he was calling Ottawa, Canada, but instead called Ottawa, Ohio. Caller reported that he had a bomb that he was going to set off in Ottawa. The locations he was giving did not match any of our locations in Ottawa and so as we started kind of googling things we believed it was Ottawa Canada that he was referring to. He says the caller disconnected but called back later to say he'd been shot. The captain says the man admitted to the fake calls saying he was trying to cause headaches for Ottawa Canada because he disagreed with vaccine and mask mandates. Get more on the website. State health officials say new COVID cases continue to trend downward. The Ohio Department of Health reported around 4,400 cases on Tuesday, which is the fifth day in a row where the state fell below the 5,000 daily case mark. Ohio's restaurant industry is hoping better days are just around the corner. Ohio Restaurant Association President and CEO John Barker says the pandemic has been brutal for business. We're right around 3,150 restaurants have closed. You know, we've lost a little over 10%, so that's a big number. Barker says Valentine's Day, the Super Bowl, and the NBA All-Star Game being held in Cleveland will help in the short term, but he's hoping for additional help from Congress to get restaurants through the pandemic. Dave James, I went in news. Garner Trucking again is in the top 20 on the list of the best fleets to drive for in North America. This is the sixth consecutive year that Garner, which is headquartered in Findlay, has been named to the list. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow has given two of his Super Bowl game tickets to his former coach at Athens High School. I never dreamed in my wildest dreams that I would ever coach a player that would play in the Super Bowl and then would call and see if I wanted to go. Nathan White says he was planning on watching the game at home until he got a call over the weekend from Joe inviting he and his wife Sarah out to L.A. for the big game. White says this shows the kind of man that Joe Burrow is. The Bengals take on the Rams at Super Bowl 56 beginning at 6.30 on Sunday. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, yesterday, you recall, we were talking to Wall Street Journal columnist Spencer Jacob about his book, The Revolution That Wasn't, a critical examination of the GameStop stock squeeze that rattled markets and generated a lot of media buzz last year. And even though that viral campaign turned out to be the revolution that wasn't, new survey finds that many Americans still look to 
financial influencers on social media for investment advice. Joining us this morning is the chair-elect of the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, Jeff Jones. And Jeff, what do you make of the results of that survey? Did did people not learn their lesson? Does it leave you kind of shaking your head at all of this? No, it's actually quite concerning with uh, 40% of Americans looking for advice, financial advice online, and and, and perhaps even even more concerning, 60% of them are acting on it. And it, it the, the concern really comes with um, understanding the experience and the, the education and the credentials and, and, and frankly, the, the ethical standards that these social influencers and financial influencers may, or in most cases, may, do not, may not have to yeah. uh, abide by. Yeah, and certainly there is no shortage of advice out there. You just scroll through Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or TikTok, and there is no shortage of people willing to dole out their advice and their can't-miss plays. And that's not to say that there isn't some good financial advice that can be found online, right? No, you're exactly right. There, I'm not here to say that all online advice is 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 bad or dangerous. There's certainly some good advice out there, but usually that advice is 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 the boilerplate rules of thumb. Things like three to six months in an emergency fund, uh, developing a budget, getting your 401k match if your employer offers it, you know, mm-hmm. using Roth IRAs. That it's 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 very generalized though. This is not a plan or not information that is suited to you. These influencers don't know your assets, your expenses. Right. Um, they, you know, they don't know what your goals are. So, so it's uh, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. So why uh, is the big question? Why are people turning uh, to these online financial influencers, if you will? Is it because of a bad experience with financial planning in the uh, traditional sense? I think it's a combination probably of two things. One, you have Americans spending about 1,300 hours a day on social media platforms. And then you have a group of Americans, about two in five, that are feeling completely unprepared or are not taking steps for retirement. So there, it's pretty natural that when you're spending that much time online and you have this, this sinking feeling of, of, of retirement approaching and I'm not ready, that those two things are going to collide and you're going to meet in that, in that collision, these social financial influencers. So yeah. it's not surprising they're finding them. It's surprising how many are acting upon the advice. Yeah. And it, it really points to a, a problem that we've uh, talked about for years and, and we've known about for years that many uh, Americans, as you say, feel very unprepared to put forth a financial plan, whether it's for uh, a, a particular financial goal, maybe it's retirement, whatever it might happen to be. So with that in mind, where do people start? When the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, NAPFA for short, is a great resource. Um, this is a, a nationwide membership organization of 4,400 advisors. And for the last 35 years, um, it, NAPFA has been an advocate for a consumer-focused approach. And so the NAPFA.org website uh, has a fantastic tool called Find an Advisor. You enter your address or your zip code, and it's going to list a uh, give you a list of fee-only fiduciary advisors in your area, which means um, they're compensated in a method that is removing a lot of conflicts of interest. They're having to act in your best interest by by the fiduciary standard and they're credentialed. They're certified financial planners. Now, 
picking a financial planner that you work well with and that you can trust and is reliable uh, is obviously more than just choosing from a drop-down list on a website. Even a reliable, uh, verified uh, website such as yours. So what advice do you have Mm -hmm. for actually selecting from the number of financial planners that are out there? Well, there's some really good basic questions. Um, One of the first things that you need to understand is how an advisor is compensated. Are they earning commissions? Are they trying to sell you products? Are they earning referral fees? They should be red flags. And so as you go down this list, or as you be any advisor, understand that um, uh, the compensation structure should be transparent to you. You should Mm -hmm. be able to get access to sample invoices. Um, you can always start with the tried and true method of family and friends and uh, social circles to ask them who they work with or who they trust. Um, because quite frankly, there's a lot of noise out there. There are a lot of, of, of financial advisors and uh, they don't always meet the, um, the education and the credentials, uh, that, that are, that are a good fit to make sure you get a, uh, individualized plan. You know, the other thing that keeps people away from seeking out the advice of a financial planner, and I know you hear it all the time, is, you know, I don't have a huge amount of money. I'm just starting out. I don't have uh, this huge account. What do I bring to the table? Why would a financial planner want to work with me? Because I really don't have enough uh, that much to offer. What's the response? No, I would say there, you're exactly right. There's a certain stigma around working with financial advisors. And even the study supports that to say that a lot of, a lot of individuals and Americans think you have to have a lot of money. This industry has changed a great deal over the last five and 10 years. And there's, there are now compensation methods out there that fit your situation. Um, planners who charge you an hourly rate, planners who will charge you based on a project. So if you only want a retirement plan and you're not looking for comprehensive, and of course, there's always advisors who work in a long-term relationship, mm-hmm. uh, year in, year out. So it, there's the advisors are out the, that are out there today. Uh, there are some that specialize in in military or working with physicians. There's advisors that specialize in working with professional video gamers. So there's one that fits you and meets you where you're at in life, and and that's going to be important as you as you narrow down the selection. Again, uh, Jeff Jones is chair elect of the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. Uh, talking about this survey and how many people actually rely on the advice, quote unquote, advice of these financial influencers online. Where do folks get more about this uh, survey and uh, the advice that we're talking about, about choosing a reliable financial planner? Um, the, the place you want to start is napfa.org. That is N-A-P-F-A dot org. There's great information there, resources for consumers to help choosing an advisor, tips on retirement and managing debt and, and all of those things. So financial planning and family advising um, is going to be found on NAPA.org. We'll link up to it on our webpage. Jeff, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. It was great talking with you. Of course, it's very trendy uh, these days to go eco-friendly and eco-conscious and uh, with good reason because it is important to become more aware of how we are affecting the planet, uh, whether we're speaking about uh, ourselves as individuals or businesses, what have you, um, minding where we buy, what we buy, and how those things are made. And joining us this morning 
is uh, international sustainable brand consultant Cassandra Dittmer. Cassandra, let me put it because you know you obviously are are very very much in tune to this. Talk about what it means to be eco conscious when we are uh, shopping. Uh, for the, the the brands that we buy and ways in which we can embrace that eco consciousness, if you will. Absolutely, you know, you you are right. It's a pretty trendy topic right now. You know, it's trendy, it's buzzy, uh, but it's also very important. And kind of unpacking this eco space can be it can be intimidating. People want to start, but they don't know how, and you know that can often be the hardest part. So I have three guiding principles, three E's that help me navigate this space. It's the ethics, the economics, and the environment. How do we consider these three E's and make the best decision, best purchasing decision possible? So that's, that's how I find that's a good place to start. And another good place to start and kind of embrace or embark on this eco journey is to consider shopping your value. So that kind of is redefining what it means to be eco-conscious. Maybe you're vegan you might prioritize shopping already or working with alternative energy sources. So forming this kind of deeper connection to how you shop specifically with fashion, you know, is important. And when you think of these ease and these values, that's a really great place to start. You know, in addition to this being embraced by consumers, uh, this is being embraced on the corporate uh, side as well. Talk about how uh, brands, how corporations have responded to this eco-conscious trend with the practices that they engage in. Absolutely. So there really is an increased need and interest coming from the consumers and the businesses to be more transparency driven in many industries. Um, you know, we, we just know more about the supply chain and about how things happen. Like with fashion, there's no FDA. So there's no nutrition label for your clothing. Mm -hmm. And now that consumers are, are understanding that with maybe food in other areas, they're also craving that and putting holding businesses accountable to provide that information as well. And so I think brands want to do better, but there's also some pressure there to be more transparent and it's important to prioritize working with brands like Citizen Watch that really walk the talk and can help you navigate that space, you know, continue to challenge and elevate the community and also educate consumers. That's a really important piece to really call more people in and not leave people out. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you to, to give uh, an example or two of, of what you're talking about. And interesting, you you point out this in some cases, and, and I'll, I'll preface this. Uh, is this something that companies have responded because of pressure for con from consumers or how often are, are companies doing this of their own volition? Yeah, you know, I would say it, it feels like it's about half the time. You know, a lot of brands that are starting now also are starting because of these initiatives. You know, they're looking to prioritize innovation. And then some brands are maybe more on the scrambling retroactive side where they're now having to now having to have this accountability and it maybe that wasn't at the inception. Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting about say like a citizen watch is that they actually designed with sustainability in mind. So they're over a hundred years old. You know, they created EcoDrive in the seventies. Um, you know, 
This was around global awareness and interest with alternative sources of clean energy became really, you know, really popular. So they actually responded with the first ever light-powered watch in 1976. So EcoDrive is all about the replacement of batteries as an alternative power source. Um, not everyone knows that quartz batteries fill landfills. They tend to be the most wasteful part of a watch. Um, so it's really important to have brands like Citizen that have designed a watch that doesn't need a battery and can be powered by any light source. You also talk about brands that go beyond the things that they do internally with their products, their services, so on, and also those that support organizations that are focused on ecology and the environment. Yes. So Citizen um, is doing a great job kind of building this global community that's focused on the environment. So they are partnered with 1% for the Planet and they have pledged to donate 1% of website sales in the U.S. to support a host of nonprofits. Uh, specifically, a campaign that they're rolling out is working with Everybody Solar. So Everybody Solar works works with other nonprofits to offset 100% cost for solar installation. So it's this win-win. You know, Citizen is really helping put funds back into companies, nonprofits' primary missions, and these partnerships lower CO2 emissions and energy costs and making nonprofits more impactful. Uh, you know, by doing this, Citizen is really encouraging consumers to share their purpose in light-inspired moments. Again, international sustainable brand consultant Cassandra Dittmer with us this morning talking about how uh, industries, corporate uh, America is responding to this trend of consumers looking for eco-friendly products and sustainable products as uh, one of their key buying decisions. And Cassandra, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Now, I know that we had this story in the regular news uh, a little bit earlier, but this is just too good, too juicy. I've got to mention that you heard the story about this uh, 20-year-old man from Akron who is now in trouble with the law after allegedly making fake 911 calls to what he thought... (laughs) was the police department in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And instead, officials say the man was uh, uh, calling the Putnam County Sheriff's Office in Ottawa, Ohio. (laughs) Two very different Ottawas. Apparently, he was uh, attempting to draw police away from an anti-vaccine protest by truck drivers there in Ottawa. It's been in the news. You know about that. And so he was swatting the uh, police department or trying to in Ottawa, Canada. And he turned out it was uh, calling Ottawa, Ohio. And here's what I think the two the two things that are just really uh, amazing about the uh, about the whole thing. I mean, he's from Ohio. You would think, I mean, granted, he's from Akron, but you would still think that uh, you would be (laughs) able to to tell the difference between Ottawa, Ohio, Ottawa, Canada. Check the area code. I mean, that's, he's from Ohio. He's from Ohio. And how, (laughs) how dumb do you have to be is now facing charges in two countries. He's in trouble with the law in two countries. Now, that is a full day right there when you can get yourself into trouble with the law in two countries. 
<laughs> what a maroon, as Bugs Bunny would say. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in the uh, broken news, did you hear about this? A, a world-famous painting worth over a million dollars has been ruined by a security guard who said he was bored on his first day at work. <laughs> uh, the painting Three Figures by acclaimed Russian artist Anna Leporskova uh, was on display at the Yeltsin Center in Russia, where it was being guarded by a 60-year-old man. But those viewing the painting discovered that the guard had decided to draw googly eyes on two out of the three faceless figures <laughs> in the painting. <laughs> the museum says the uh, painting is in the process of being restored. An expert says the markings can be eliminated without consequences for the work of art. Uh, but when the, <laughs> when the museum curators had figured out what happened... The uh, the guy said that he was just bored on his first day of work, and so he decided <laughs> to draw the googly eyes on the painting. He has been relieved of his duties. He is no longer a security guard. <laughs> uh, let's see here. By the way, the museum says that there was no investigation by police because based on their damage assessment, there was no legal grounds for one. So... Apparently, he's not in legal trouble, but he is <laughs> now <laughs> looking for a new job. The museum says when the artwork is returned to the gallery, it will be placed behind protective glass for future protection. So make sure that it doesn't, doesn't happen again. Uh, they might also want to uh, screen their potential uh, guards a little bit better as well. <laughs> New York man is uh, being accused as posing as a fake cop. Here's how he was caught. This is this is what makes this uh, story a little unusual. Officials say that on two different occasions last month, 37-year-old David Olivare pretended he was a police officer and pulled over two different women in Suffolk County. Uh, police say that he was caught uh, because at one of the stops, uh, the fake officer Olivare asked for the victim's cell phone number, and then later allegedly contacted her asking for nude photos. <laughs> Police say they arrested the suspect when he went to meet the victim on uh, this past Tuesday. <clears throat> That's a good clue that it's maybe not a real cop, you know, when they contact you later and ask for nude photos. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> A teenager in Massachusetts will be spending time behind bars for stabbing his cousin during a fight over a bed pillow. <laughs> the Bristol County District Attorney's Office, a Michael Holloway, and uh, his cousin, William Wheeler Jr., uh, were fighting. Uh, the pair were uh, settling down to watch a movie when they got into a heated exchange over a pillow and a blanket. Uh, resulting in what the district attorney called a spontaneous act of violence. Mr. Holloway is uh, now facing prison time. <laughs> Argument over a pillow. <clears throat> well, not just a pillow, but a blanket. So you can really understand. I mean, if it were just a pillow, you know, see, that would be a little excessive. But it was a pillow and a blanket. So that's... Um, baseball team out in the Pacific Northwest in a bit of a pickle. 
looking for help from the general public. The costume worn by Dylan T. Pickle, which is the mascot for the Portland Pickles baseball team, is missing. They were returning from the Dominican Republic when the costume got lost uh, on the uh, on the flight, first of all. But uh, Delta Airlines finally located the bag, the lost luggage, and delivered it outside the team's offices. But the team <laughs> tweeted out on Wednesday <laughs> that Porch Pirates had stolen <laughs> the mascot costume. <laughs> the uh, video was captured on uh, security cameras. And they are now asking anyone with information to please come forward. <laughs> Return the Dylan T. Pickle costume to the Portland Pickles baseball team. Hopefully they, they can find it before opening day. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, you know how finding a job can be stressful. Maybe for that museum security guard. This is, this is one thing you do not want to do if you are searching for a job. A user by the name of Shay Jordan on TikTok posted a video that shows her making fun of the questions that were asked during an interview with SkyWest Airlines. She says as part of her application, she had to record herself giving an answer to the dumbest, cheesiest questions I've ever heard in my life. Unfortunately, she didn't realize that she was already filming when she complained to a friend about the video interview, and in the recording that she sent to Sky West, she can be heard openly mocking the interview questions to her friend over the phone. <laughs> so yeah, she actually sent the wrong video of her complaining about the application process to the company she was applying for a job for. Uh, I don't think she got the job. <laughs> Double check before you upload is the moral of that story. There is... <laughs> Today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Omicron. It's messing up air travel. It's canceling sporting events, and the news is filled with stories of hospitals being packed. But on the other hand, we're being told Omicron isn't as severe as other variants. So how dangerous and contagious is Omicron? Do the vaccines work? Is the media overreacting? We're all searching for honest answers, and that's why we'll continue to provide you the information you need. 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Ahead of Valentine's Day, this is kind of interesting. Uh, a little word of advice for you. You might want to think about tidying up your place, your home, your apartment, whatever. Tidying up a new survey of 2,000 coupled up Americans reveals that not pulling your own weight with the household chores is worse, is worse than cheating on your significant other. Let me repeat that. Not pulling your own weight with the household chores is worse than cheating. 50% of those polled uh, and again, these are all couples in a relationship. Half of those polled say leaving one partner to do all the cleaning is as bad or worse than stepping out on your significant other. In fact, 60% of those who took part in the survey, which, uh, which was uh, commissioned by uh, RoboRock, which is a robotic cleaning company, incidentally, 
<laughs> so, I don't know. Did they have their thumb on the scale? I don't know. You decide. But it is interesting nonetheless. 60% of those who took part in the survey said sharing the household duties is a strong sign of loyalty. Now, that I can believe. Uh, 61% felt that sharing the cleaning chores was a sign of commitment. 47% forget forget about the ring. <laughs> forget about the ring or buying a house together or anything. This cleaning that house is the true sign of commitment. 47% of those polled say their shared living space has become more cluttered thanks to the pandemic. No big surprise there. So it's probably not surprising that 35% admitted to um, <clears throat> exchanging favors with their significant other just to get them to tidy up. <laughs> wow. We'll go to any extreme, I guess. 56% say just sharing the cleaning chores would lead to a better romantic life so you want uh, better <clears throat> relations sharing the cleaning chores will apparently get that done to the bottom so <laughs> the bottom line uh if you really want to do something special for your significant other this valentine's day clean up tidy up the place there's some there's some good advice for you Well, there is a reason why kitchen and bath remodels are the most popular home improvement projects because not only are those the most important rooms in the house, there is no better way to increase the value of your home, which is why we're always interested in what's happening at the Kitchen and Bath Industry Show, which is going on this week in Orlando, Florida, as it happens. And joining us is uh, George Oliphant from uh, the popular show George to the Rescue with details on what's happening at the show. George, thanks for attending. Uh, taking the time this morning what do you have what is catching your eye the kitchen and bath industry show this week well i'll tell you what here at cave is is a feast for the eyes on anything and everything kitchen and bath uh i, I i've seen so much but one thing that really just immediately uh stood out to me is the signature kitchen suite uh, award-winning undercounter wine refrigerator now this thing is perfect for wine aficionados but it's also great for anyone who just enjoys a nice glass of vino, uh, it features exclusive wine cave technology, which until now I didn't even know existed. But <laughs> what it does is, is it, uh, it protects wine against the four most damaging elements, which is vibration, light, and changes in temperature and humidity. And it really takes your wine to the next level because not only does it have this technology, but it also has a smart app called the uh, Sommelier app, um, which manages your collection with photos of the labels and notes of shelf placement. So this app will even like kind of give you give you recommendations on pairings, which is insane. Oh, wow. Next thing you know, it'll start cooking for you. But <laughs> we're not there yet. Um, and it's very versatile, so that uh, you know it can hold up to forty-one bottles. Uh, you can have different temperature. You have two different uh, separate temperature 
uh, controls, uh, and you can also have it be a stainless steel appliance or a panel-ready appliance, depending on what uh, works best in your kitchen. Yeah, uh, upgrading your appliances is a real easy way to give your kitchen a a, a new look. What other uh, appliances uh, do you see there that, uh, again, kind of stand out for you? Oh, I got to say, the LG Top Control uh, dishwasher does just that. It, it has quad wash pro, uh, dynamic heat dry, and true steam, which the words may not mean anything to you, but what they do is they make your dishes cleaner uh, than you've ever had them. And it also does it quicker, and it, you can do larger loads so that you can do less loads so that it's more efficient. Um, it's such a great dishwasher that it's actually been named Best of KBiz 2022 award finalist. So uh, people are really gravitating to it. Uh, it's got an adjustable three rack so that you can, you know, organize it however you see fit with your cutlery, your pans, your pots, your, oh, yeah. your glassware. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's, a- it's pretty fun. I mean, not all, often do you geek out over a dishwasher, but <laughs> you got four kids at home who barely know how to wash dishes. This is going to make life a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely a really cool feature there. And again, uh, a great way uh, with those uh, appliances of, of kind of keeping the kitchen in order. That's the problem with the you know, the problem with the kitchen, especially as things you know just get uh, out of order and just crazy yep. uh, in that room. So uh, keeping everything uh, organized and uh, easy to manage is a big plus. Uh, one of the other uh, big themes, uh, from what I understand. Uh, the kitchen and bath industry show, and I guess this is like just about every industry these days, uh, is energy conservation uh, and and going green, being a little bit uh, uh, easier on the environment and on your wallet. One hundred percent, yeah. Anything we can do to, to kind of you know curb uh, you know excess in and uh, using uh, energy, and but yet still getting the same uh, results is, is what people strive for, and. The Energy Star um, certified inverter heat pump water heater from LG does just that. Now, this is cutting-edge sustainable technology, which is very efficient alternative to electric resistance or a gas water heater. So this is going to save you money, and it's going to save the planet, which is music to my ears. Yeah. Uh, Anything else that, uh, again, is is a trend that you're noticing is something that uh, people will want to watch for in terms of of coming trends uh, that you're noticing at the show? Yeah, I mean, along with, uh, you know, everything becoming smarter by the day, uh, being more efficient, uh, there's a lot of options where it used to be, it'd be like a stainless steel, or you could have, you know, a white refrigerator or a white appliance. Now, they're really, uh, a lot of color is being infused into your appliances, allowing people to really take chances and add character and personality to their kitchens uh, with their appliances, whether it's like a cherry red or a really bright blue or a green or, you know, it's nice that there's so many different options now. I I was going to say, are we going back to the avocado green uh, Brady Bunch kitchen sometime soon? I haven't seen the avocado green one, but I'm going to continue looking, (laughs) but I have seen like a nice, uh, beautiful, like royal blue and, uh, some other pretty hot colors. Well, yeah, hey, uh, that's uh, got a kind of a retro vibe there almost, it sounds like, and that is very hot these yep. days as well. So, uh, George Oliphant, uh, George to the rescue with us uh, this morning from the uh, Kitchen and Bath Industry Show uh, happening this week in Orlando, Florida. Uh, where do we get more information on all of this? Uh, definitely check out SignatureKitchenSuite.com. Check out LG.com. 
and you can see all the different products that I was talking about plus a lot more. All right. We will link up to it on our webpage. George, thanks very much. Thank you. Have a great one. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the program at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow to wrap up the week between Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl, why this is the perfect weekend to show a little love to the local restaurants, bars, and taverns that we're all fans of. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.